Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to TGMR, the Galleries at Moore Radio, a public art talk radio station broadcasting from the Moore College of Art and Design. Uh, you can listen live, search our archive of past broadcasts, or find how you can get on the air at thegalleriesatmoore.org. Uh, my name is Matt Kalaski, and I'm here today with Ishun Pan, a Philadelphia-based artist. Good morning, Pan. Good morning. Uh, I'm here today to talk to Pan. Uh, one, she has an upcoming show uh, performance at Vox later this month on Wednesday, February 28th at 7 p.m. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to um, generally know, uh, Pan, find a little bit more about you. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. So maybe you can talk about uh, where you grew up and how you got to Philadelphia. Um, so I'm from China. Um, my hometown grew a lot of uh, rice, and we have a lot of fishes. Um, I would say that's the land of fish and rice. Um, and I came to Philadelphia for school um, for my MFA. I went to Tyler. How long ago was that? Uh, not too long ago. It was I graduated two thousand seventeen summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there when you first moved to Philadelphia? Was it a big change for you? And um, what were the biggest? If there were changes, what were the what were the big ones? Uh, indeed, I was just uh, talking to my friends about it. So I felt a tremendous culture shock. I was in Oregon, so for you know, um, for my undergrad, and so when I moved from Oregon to Philadelphia, um, it, like the culture shock is bigger than I experienced when I moved to to Oregon from China. Um, it's just so different, like the way people um, deal, you know, like talk to each other, the speed they talk. Now I feel I'm talk really fast. Like I still remember the first day that I moved to Philadelphia, I was talking to my landlord um, to check in, and like after 15 minutes, listen to her. I feel like my ears are bleeding. She talks so fast. <laughs> Maybe that's the East Coast speed. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so that it's really interesting that there would be a bigger culture shift from Portland to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. What? And so you were here. You came for two years of grad school. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, how did this? big culture shift did that affect the work you were making or how you were making the work yeah yeah for sure because uh i'm in a bigger city i don't have much space and really thinking about what kind of resource i have um i mostly do performance now because i don't have a studio and then i treat it everywhere i mm-hmm. i can go to i can't physically go to as my studio um yeah, and then performance doesn't usually doesn't take a lot of place to store. You know, mm-hmm. it happened at that moment, um, and it was there. Mm-hmm. I like this idea that you know your studio is wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I understand. Like, I'm trying to feel like. Can you give us an example of like a moment that you were like on the street or in and around? T- Philadelphia, either while you were in grad school or right now, where the the 
that studio, that creative process is just with you? Can you give us an example of like something that is it sparks? You see something or you hear something? Um, yeah, it's like, well, I work at the Philadelphia Art Museum oh, yeah. um, and I'm a duster. I'm a um, artwork duster. So we dust paintings, uh, including the frames and uh, sculptures. So when we work, uh, it's really like it's a process of observing how dust collect um, the surface art and then, you know, thinking about what kind of dust they are. Are they historical dust? Are they everyday dust? Are they important dust? Or, you know, are they anonymous dust? Um, I think that's the part, like, I found really romantic. Um, also, like, working with, you know, my co-workers, sometimes we would play this game that well, while we're dusting, we like, quietly, you know, sometimes we chat. And then um, we ask each other lots, lots of questions. And then I was dusting with Emma, and then we decided to play this game. Like, we can't ask each other questions, but have to carry this conversation <laughs> going. So... And then because then, you know, like, it's sort of rethinking about how we talk. Like, I feel like as women, as female, like, I tend to always say, like, you know, like, I guess, not really sure. You know, saying, I guess, maybe, do you know what I mean? Can you hear me? Like, those things are really unsure. So, and then because now we can't ask questions, all, all of our conversation becomes really, really Bossy, whatever, you know, <laughs> like super sure. Like you can't even say like, really? Yeah. You have to say interesting. <laughs> and is that, you? so you take those little moments. How does that, um, do you tuck those away for future projects? Is that how, um, do you go home and do writing about them? How does that, how does it start from that like observation or that, um, that really deep sort of experiential sort of happening to something that you could put in um, an art gallery or something that could go into a performance? Is it um, writing that happens? Is it sketching? What's the, what's the next phase for, what's the intermediary phase for you? I feel it's interesting that we always try to make sense of things. And I do feel like maybe there's a certain pattern that I can source out but it not like it's not necessarily you know like I write sometimes I sketch sometimes I record things I read books I mark those lines mm -hmm. that you know made me feel inspired um but also I don't think there is a formula for me to make um a project to make things happen that's really interesting do you is that something that do you feel like is in sort of, um, not opposition, but I feel like a lot of the, like a Western sort of mythos of art making is like a proud labor that is like definitely rooted in hard, hard work and specific work and like very sort of um, time intensive and very sort of methodical right, and right. <clears throat> deliberate in its own way. Is that something you're sort of, pushing back against is that or is it something is it just the way that you're thinking about how you make your I think both I think at first I was like you know struggling about 
making, you know, having a formula, like, you know, my art process. I should have a set process like everyone else. But then later, like, I realized it's not always work that way. And I don't like to follow a formula that I created, I created before and then just repeat what I usually do. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, once I'm aware of that, I think, yeah, like, I think I'm like, probably just claim it as this is the way that I work. Yeah. yeah. And I've looked over, looking over your website today and looking at overall the sort of art pieces that you've made. I, I told you, like, I really, I pulled out this phrase, anti-disciplinary, which mm-hmm. I think is really awesome. Thinking about how the the works always are taking different forms. Is that, right. is that, is that just a product of having this very sort of divergent working process or is it something that you feel is really important for you to have work that is not confined by a very specific medium? Well, I think I'm, first of all, I'm really interested in different forms. Where can art happen? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, can it be something other than an object, Um, be a situation, be a moment, Um, be a lion poem? Um, yeah, I'm really interested in that, like this other places for art. Yeah. Um, and also, just as you said, the, you, you, you mentioned the Western mythology of, like, make sense of things, you know, how to do things, those, you know, YouTube vi- tutorials, which I watch a lot, uh, <laughs> how to do things, you know, there's, like, one, two, three, four, five steps, um, but then I think anti-disciplinary is, you know, you have the question or you have a wonder first and then um, you find your resource, you find material. It's a backward way of thinking about things rather than I have clay, I'm going to make mm-hmm. a pot mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. contain this thought I have, which I don't think there's a wrong with that, but mm-hmm. it's just not the way I work. That's interesting because <laughs> we were just, you, while at Tyler, um, you said you were in the glass department. Yes. And I'm wondering, how does, well, one, how does, like, being in a department of anything work within, like, a anti-disciplinary sort of, like, right. frame? But also, like, how does, the more I actually do think about it, like, a gla- like glass, I think, could, like, metaphorically has a lot of interconnections. Like, how did you navigate that, um, that position, that function while you were in school? Well, I came out, uh, like, I was, like, maybe the only one has no head-blowing experience going to grad school. Um, but then I felt really, really welcomed and comfortable being in that um, space because I felt like my professors, especially the chair, um, Sharon Omar, she gave me a lot of space to like just find my voice. And then I went to the glass department because I know I don't, I know I don't know enough about glass. And I want to study about glass. Um, so um, instead of feeling like really embarrassed or which I did feel for a long time, then I decided to just owning my freshness. Like, I don't know how to blow glass. I know nothing about hot glass. How can I use my, you know, unique voice or, you know, perspective um, to work with glass? That's really really interesting to think about uh, that sort of mindset where it's like most people would be like, 
I know the most about glass. That's where I should go, right? <laughs> but to have the mindset of, I know the least about glass. That's where I should go. Is that, <laughs> is that something that you find coming that's, up? That's not, I know least about glass. There's so many things I don't know about, I want to uh-huh. know about. Oh. Yeah, like I don't know a lot about ceramics, and I still want to know more about ceramics. You know, like, th- like yeah. So I can't say, like, I'm, you know, other I'm just not really good. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really uh, like technical skilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is that is that sort of research base or um, uh, like experimentation? Like, is that a part that's baked in to the way you make art? Do you feel? Is yeah, that... yeah, yeah. Because. Uh, well, I'm from China. English is not my first language. I came to this country. I experienced a lot of confusions. I'm still living with a lot of confusions, but the confusion is from language first. But language is a tool that I like communicate the, with the world or understand the world. So I think me being an artist is really starting from like I know I don't know, you know, and also being okay with that. Um, it's not easy. I'm still like dealing with that, but I'm starting to enjoy that process of like, I don't know what is going on and I want to know more, you know, like Uh this like willingness of, um, like to accept my lack of knowledge and Mm -hmm. also, um, this drive of like, you know, like my Mm -hmm. curiosity to make me dip digger, Mm -hmm. deep, dip, dig deeper. Yeah. (laughs) So you graduated last year. Yep. Right. And now you are um, part of the group that runs Practice Mm -hmm. Gallery. Can you tell uh, tell me um, why did that seem like a a move for you to join an artist collective? Um, And what has that process been like for you? What's the... Yeah, um, I was, you know, um, I feel like I was in academia, like, I went to grad school before, like, I only had one year off between undergrad and grad, even for the year off, I was, I stayed at the, the school to be a teaching assistant, so I was always in that environment, I'm really curious about, like, how art function outside of the, the academia, or how people um, down, finish school, like how do they survive as artists um, and how they keep making work and su- support the community. Mm-hmm. And in th- that's a model that happens a lot here in Philadelphia. It's mm-hmm. like the <clears throat> artist collective model. Yep. Has, that, um, has that informed your work at all? Has that been interesting to see how the these groups work or don't work? Um, mm-hmm with each other to make this community? Yeah, I think, um, I feel like I'm closer to my audience, you know, people who will come to my show. I I know them not as an abstract idea. I know their names. It's not like I'm saying, you know, A, B, C, D, they will be my audience, but I know in my audience they will be A, B, C, D, yeah. you know, and that that's... Um, and I can talk to them after my show. Like, what do you think? You know, have a conversation instead of just, like, this idea of I have an audience here. And that really um, shaped my 
thinking, um, you know, who I'm performing for, who am I, who mm -hmm. am I trying to communicate mm -hmm. with. I want to talk about um, the your uh, thesis show at Tyler called, what was it, How I Wonder What You Are? Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. I watched a bit of the videos of it online. Can you, um, for those who haven't been like, can you describe that project for us? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so I had this uh, project, it's called Anti-Choir uh, Project. So I had, I, um, had a, a group of music student, like choir, student from the school choir in uh, Temple, Bowyer Music School. Um, and then, so they're all professionally trained as choir singers. Um, and then I conduct them to perform the Twinkle, 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 Twinkle Little Star, this, the lullaby. And, but I had no training as a conductor. Um, I was trying to see how they read my gestures. Um, but then at the same time, I was really mean. I had them wear like double layered earmuffs so they could not hear each other. They couldn't harmonize with each other and or like rely on each other's um, decision making. They have to respond um, individually and uh, independently on my uh you know, based on my body movement. And what, what was the result? I mean, like, was it, um, were they able to, because I feel like this is a big part of this and a lot, some things that happen in your other part of the world where uh, translation breaks down, right? Mm -hmm, and like, mm -hmm. you know, when translation breaks down, it's also, that's a point, that you could see that as a point of failure, right? But you could right. also see it as a point of creation. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what did they end up creating? Was it um, was it something that resembled Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? Was it something completely different? What happened? I think um, it was really funny that you know I sh I, in my show there's a bunch of people they're like, "What song was this?" So they could not e even recognize this is the most familiar lullaby that we all know. Even I knew, but you know, like the reason I chose Twinkle Twinkle Little Star because. That was the first English sound that I've learned. But instead of saying "Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star," we <laughs> said A B C D E F G. Yeah. Is a, it's an alphabet song. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this like um, innocent or naivety, and then versus like now how much that we rely on art or trust or believe in our communication. Yeah, I believe the failure of communication just as I believe communication. Hmm. So now I want to talk about uh, this event that's coming up, and I'll, I'll read it. It's on Wednesday, February 28th at 7 p.m. at Vox Populi. It's um, part of the Who Is She tour with Charisura and Jennifer Vila, right? But Van you Vanilla? Jennifer oh, Vanilla. Vanilla. I, I don't know. One of those two. Um, <laughs> yeah, and English is my second language, so I'll play that card again. <laughs> so um, when people come to this event, uh, Pan, what what are they going to see from on your part from you? I think so they're going to perform first, and I'm really excited for them. Um, they're uh, artists from New York, and then they're going to do like music-related uh, performances. Cool. Will be at the 
And so I'll be, um, instead of um, performing a piece of music, music teller and I'm going to tell you about this music uh, through my body language. So I'll be listening to music and the, the music is private. So it's just like, you know, you're walking on the street, you're in the subway, and you see people with their headphones. I'll be have a pair of headphones on and then I'll describe this music to you at that moment while I was listening to. Huh. Um, so yeah, I was thinking about like body language and then communication. I would try, you know, like, I would do my best job to tell you about this music. The texture, the rhythm, the emotions, the color of that piece of music. Uh -huh. So for this, for like, for performances uh, like this one and some of your other work, how, I'm really interested in how you think about their success or their failure, mm -hmm. or is that a dynamic that you don't even like deal with? I, I think it's um, a success and failure. It's, it always sound funny to me because it's like so binary. Mm -hmm. I would rather see things as opportunities. Um, so I think bring more opportunities. That's awesome. Pan, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Again, this event is next, uh, not next Wednesday, but Wednesday, the February 28th, 28th 7 p.m., Fox Popular. Pan, thanks so much for talking with me today. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, everyone, thanks for listening to TGMR. We'll catch you next time.